Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Hey, welcome back to the podcast today. I'm very excited. I have a guest with me, Stefan Foos from Impact Digital. He's going to be talking with us about uh, some marketing, some websites, all kinds of things. I'm excited to have you, uh, Stefan. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So give us a little bit of a uh, intro into who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm the owner of uh, Impact Digital. Um, we specialize in some specific marketing services for small to medium-sized residential contractors. So that's website design, ad management, and uh, SEO services. Ad management primarily on Facebook or Instagram, so the meta platform, and SEO primarily around content creation. Um, previous to uh, Impact, um, I've done a number of things. Started in the construction industry in about 2014, grew a, uh, a home remodeling company to Five million in revenue in about five years, and then um, led marketing and sales at Progel, uh, construction management software. So, marketing, sales, growth, uh, especially as it relates to the construction industry, has been my bread and butter for for many many years now. Yeah, awesome, man. I'm I'm excited to have you on the show. We got a lot to talk about marketing, right? This is such a it's it, I mean it's all over the board, right? Mm -hmm. When people talk about marketing, it can be everything from you know blog posts to to billboards to vehicle wraps to websites to i mean just the whole spectrum of it right if you could only pick one form of marketing what would you say would be the most uh have the most impact for residential construction companies i think at the uh at the root of everything is a strong website it's a strong presence it's a strong brand image messaging positioning etc um, the website itself is that foundation that's going to equate to success for everything else. Outside of that, I, I'd have to go paid ads um, because it's it's faster, it's predictable, um, and usually that's that's what we're seeing. I mean, people usually need some some return on their investment rather quickly. So something like SEO, which is a longer term play, it may take a while to get there. Whereas paid ads, dial it in, you know, start drawing in leads, closing some of those leads, um, it's going to drive a more significant impact in the beginning stages to then fund, um, you know, other avenues essentially. And those are really like, those are two different, like one is a long-term strategy. One is a short-term strategy, right? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, they, they can both work long-term and short-term, but like, you're not going to build a website today and then start getting mm -hmm. leads tomorrow. In most cases, it's going to take in a most little bit cases. of time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the outliers too, where you create something, it's a niche service in a niche area and you go live and it indexes with Google very, very quickly. And you have a call, you know, next day or something like that. But yeah, typically that's, that's not what we're going to see. Um, more and more people are online. There's more competition out there. So it takes a while to basically um, be able to be in the, the higher search position rankings um, as your competitors have been there for a while. How long do you would you say on average it takes for a website to start seeing results? I know that varies, but just in general, definitely varies. Um, I'd say a couple of months is fair. Um, you have to allow time for indexing, which is basically Google's recognizing your site and it wants to include it in its search results. 
um, you have to allow time for the journey between a prospect learning and converting. So how long does it typically take somebody to be exposed to your brand before they reach out? I don't know. If you don't have a website or any sort of like CRM or something like that, you may not know the answer to that too. So that's a very imperative metric um, to be aware of when it comes to expectations for, hey, I've invested in this website. When am I going to see my return? Well, when you're driving down the road and somebody sees your sign, how quickly are they, are they going to be picking up the phone to call you? I don't know. Yeah, don't those are all know. good points. Is there a way to shortcut like the indexing process with Google? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely can. Um, you can submit a sitemap, which is generally step number one. Um, and that's, that's basically real explicit to Google. Here's all your links. Uh, here's the organization of that. Um, on a one-off, you can um, submit individual pages for indexing. And uh, that can definitely streamline that process a lot faster. Usually with newer sites, though, even if you go those routes, it can still take some time for that initial indexing. Um, there's different scenarios in which pages, individual pages may be indexed um, or uh, crawled, but not indexed or discovered or not indexed, which may be a quality factor, maybe a time factor if the site is brand new. Um, fortunately, with Google, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negotiating you can do with Google, but at the end of the day, Google's going to do what it's going to do. Um, but you you can shortcut it um, typically. Yeah. Is there, are there any um, like black hat uh, term they have to use any illegal ways of doing that? That's going to get you in trouble. Nothing comes to mind immediately. I try and stay away from black hat tactics and forums and everything. <laughs> um, there's definitely some gray areas, but uh, yeah, I, I try not even to venture down those paths. So, um, I'm sure there's probably some things you can do, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what that is. Keeping it on the on the legitimate path. That's the way to go. I mean, I, I, we've all seen claims of like, oh, you know, get ranked in Google and, you know, in three days, mm -hmm. like Google Maps, you know, get ranked first place in Google Maps in three days or, uh, you know, have your website listed as number one or dominate the whole, you know, page, the top 10 listings. How much of that is just hype and, and how much of that it's actually possible to do. So it's unfortunate because the, the claims are usually accurate, but the devil's in the details. So can you rank for a keyword within a couple of days? Yeah. But what is that keyword? Is it bathroom remodeler near me, which is highly competitive, which requires topical authority. It, it demands a high domain ranking to be able to be in the top results of something like that. Um, that's going to take time. That's going to take an investment in content and strategy, et cetera. Um, but are you going to rank for, um, you know, a, a long, a long tail irrelevant keyword like dog chains, construction companies, or just something weird like that. Yeah. You could rank for that next day. It's something that's not searched for no problem, but is it going to move the needle for you? No. So that's kind of a big problem with a lot of these, these crazy claims out there of we're going to do this in no time at all, or that in no time at all. It's, it's technically truthful, but the devil's in the details there. Is it something that's actually going to move the needle for you? And usually not. Um, it's Google's responsibility to curate everything that's on the internet and deliver it to relevant search results in under one second. So it's really, really hard to trick Google, um, which is where like some of these things like, yeah, it's legit. It, it's just, it's in the details. It's, it's not actually going to help you. <laughs> you know, usually that's, that's what those things boil down to. Yeah. And even for like uh relevant keyword ranking, that, that also depends on your budget, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you got 
fifty thousand dollars to burn on a on a campaign, then you can get ranked pretty high pretty quick, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it it really comes down to um, I'm a big believer in topical authority, so that's establishing yourself as uh, a subject expert in a specific topic or maybe multiple topics. That may be uh, bathroom remodels. If we want to be the uh, the authority on bathroom remodels, it's our job to demonstrate that. We have to lead through um, the Google's ranking uh, EAT, E-E-A-T, um, basically experience, um, authority, trustworthiness, um, all these things play into whether or not we're actually going to rank for something. And we have to demonstrate it. So if you have like bathroom remodels near me, for example, how you're gonna rank for that which is an extremely competitive keyword because it's a transactional keyword is by writing just as much as you can think of, you know, use some keyword research, use, uh, use topics that come up in sales calls, et cetera, write helpful, genuine content about the bathroom remodel process, potentially hundreds of pages if you're in a very competitive area, but that's going to help people understand that you're an authority on the subject and it's going to uh, signal to Google, most importantly, that you're an authority on the subject as well. So yeah, ultimately a bigger budget can can plow through that a lot faster. Um, but it is one of those things where slow and steady kind of wins the race on that. You said uh, EAT, I want to go back to that mm-hmm. for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Acronym EAT, what does that mean again? It's, uh, so it's, it used to just be EAT, E-A-T. Um, it's, it's an acronym that's basically for Google's quality guidelines. Uh, it stands for, now it stands for uh, expertise, experience, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Whereas before, it just used to be expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So what Google's looking for, I think this rolled out in late 2022. What Google's looking for is basically you expressing the fact that you have experience, you have expertise um, in whatever subject you're writing about. So you know, little things that you can do in a blog article, for example, could be, you know, we're writing about a topic and maybe we have like a little, did you know, it's a note from the owner. And it's something that's relevant that only you would know through experience, right? Like um, maybe you're doing a um, an article on demolition or something like that. And you're talking about how customer can save some money if they do the demo themselves. And then you might have like a, a little, did you know, you know, hey, most customers think of demo as, sledgehammers on a, on a vanity and pulling it out and all the fun stuff. They don't really consider pulling out every single staple and what a grind all of that's going to be. Um, these, these little bits of information that you can intertwine into your articles is exactly what, what Google's looking for. That's going to lead to higher rankings ultimately, which, you know, leads eventually down the road to more leads and eventually revenue. Yeah. And, and just for people listening, uh, for full disclosure, so Stefan is, is a marketing expert. He's actually in the profit club as an expert. And so people, my clients in the profit club have access to Stefan, even, even just to ask questions. I mean, even just to get feedback on stuff, not even, you know, as a, as a paid, um, service, but you've seen it. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan of blogs. Like I just, I've been talking about blogs forever. And one of, one of my clients posted in there, I think it was, was either this morning or yesterday. I don't remember about a, a customer of his that commented on one of his blog posts that he wrote. Do you remember mm-hmm. that post I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. About the, uh, the designer and the bathroom remodeling process. Blo- and we can go down a tangent on this because there's a lot to talk about with blogs, there but <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is a very time consuming task. 
to, to try and write blogs, you know, 500 or more, you know, word blogs. And yes, you could use AI to generate some of that. Uh, there's lots of discussion about, you know, is it going to get uh, black flagged for, you know, being AI? Is Google going to be able to tell if it's AI written? And I don't think anyone really knows the exact answer to, to that. Mm-hmm. But just on the basic level, like of writing blogs, that's how you get to that EAT acronym the fastest. Yeah, I mean, Would absolutely. you agree with that? 100%. I mean, most of your pages on a website, they're more tra- transactional, um, transactional focused pages, right? Your bathroom remodel page, your kitchen remodel page, et cetera. Those are, again, keywords and topics that are highly competitive. So how you start outranking your competition is by building a sound blogging strategy. And a lot of people I talk with too, like, oh, blogs, I don't want to blog. I'm not a blogger. You know, I, I work with my hands. I'm not a blogger, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it should be obvious, but based off of some of the conversations I have, I mean, it's, it's not sitting there and blogging about what you had for breakfast or, or anything like that. It is bringing genuine value to people that we consider top of funnel. So people that are in the very beginning buyer stages, more of the awareness stages, the investigational stages, being able to provide helpful content to those individuals earns you not just their following, um, the brand recognition from those individuals, but that's where, again, it signals to Google that you're, you're an expert in this matter. And then we do that tenfold, 15-fold with 10 or 15 different blogs, and it becomes more and more indisputable that we know exactly what we're talking about, which translates to our more competitive pages starting to rank higher. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been using uh, blog posts on on for my construction business for many many years. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. even know maybe five five six years ago. A lot of that stuff on marketing, I've always been kind of cutting edge. You know, like mm-hmm. one of the first people to have a website in my area, one of the first people to start blogging, one of the first people to start collecting reviews, and that's that's allowed me to really kind of dominate a lot in the marketing space in my in my air, local area. Yeah. Because it's just one of those things. It's like contractors notorious for, okay, I guess I'll do it now. You know, mm-hmm. my hand is forced to have to get a website. My hand is forced to have to start building, you know, writing blogs because everybody else has a blog. And my hand is forced to have to start collecting reviews because everyone else does that. I mean, is there an easy way to, let's stick with blogs for a second. Is there an easy way to like plan out so where you can write? you know, consistent blogs and not becoming a second job. Yeah. I mean, going back to the, the point of utilizing AI, um, it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a hotly debated topic, right? Is, is AI something that can be recognized by Google or is it not? At the end of the day, Google has, has declared that AI content can still be indexed. It's indexable content. What Google is looking for is helpful content. And that's the biggest differentiator between having content that's actually indexed and showing up in the search results and not, is it quality? Is it helpful? Is it going to move the needle for anybody that's in any part of the the relevant buying stages, I guess. So generally what I like to do is, is utilize ChatGPT to come up with ideas. If we want to be the industry leader on bathroom remodels in our area, let's plan that out. What's it going to take to become the industry leader in bathroom remodels? Well, we're going to have to write content around it. Okay. We could plug in something into chat, give me 10 topics to write about for, um, you know, bathroom models in my area. That's a start. 
You could take it next step with other tools where you're analyzing keywords or you're talking with, you know, sales and understanding buyer questions that are coming up all the time. And you can intertwine that into your content creation. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't, you don't have to necessarily be like incredibly creative in figuring out what to even write about when you can rely on AI tools to help you form the skeleton, if you will, um, what that outline is going to look like. And from there, take your own experience and, um, and just have fun with it too. I mean, marketing doesn't have to be a chore and you can look at it as shoot, I have to do this now and I have to do that now or whatever. But the reality is the construction industry is the second least digitized industry um, across the board. So there is tremendous opportunity in almost every industry, in almost every market to become a leader in whatever it is that you do. Um, I like to, this is kind of an extreme example, but I like to kind of compare it to like buying Bitcoin early. You know, you could be one of the first in your area to establish something rock solid between your reviews, between a quality website, between blogs that are are focused on that topical relevancy that I talked about. Um, there's tremendous opportunity to just establish yourself as number one. You pair that with wraps that are driving down this, um, wrap vehicles that are driving down the street, maybe occasional billboard, uh, a brand awareness campaign on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And um, it, it's never been easier to just get in front of the masses before. You said construction is number two. What's number one? Agriculture. Or I think it's agriculture. Okay. Like the farming community. Yeah. Yeah. Which, why would they need to be on? Why would they need to have a website if you're a farmer? <laughs> Who knows? Some That's of those things question. are, why are they even included? But uh, construction <laughs> yeah. is one of those ones too. I think some people might look at and say, well, why does that even matter? I keep myself busy with my own work and my own referrals or whatever. And uh, yeah, that goes great until it doesn't. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Cause if you do good work, then all you need is referrals and you'll have all the business in the world, Stefan. I mean, I don't even really know why we need services like you offer like websites. Right. Right. It's uh, it's kind of interesting when you go, there's a, there's a theme that I'm seeing where construction companies that are on the smaller end, maybe owner operator, maybe one or two guys in the field. Um, really they're small enough where they can stay busy with, referrals, or maybe they've made a, a couple of relationships at um, like tile stores or something like that, where they're getting the occasional referral passed over to them. And it definitely works for some time, but putting all your, all of your eggs in one basket like that, first of all, is dangerous. And second of all, that's not anything that you can scale. How do you scale that? You can go to more stores, you can make more relationships. Sure. But that's only going to get you so far. And you're completely dependent on that relationship. What happens when that store gets their own in-house guy that's going to start doing it because the store recognized that they could be making some money off of that or whatever. Um, referrals are going to be your highest, highest, potentially highest quality leads that you can get. That the most qualified lead on Facebook, on Google or whatever is going to pale in comparison to somebody that was specifically told to call you where they got a little ranting and raving about how awesome you are. Um, but it's not scalable. And that's where, like, if you want to start crushing the million dollar, $2 million, $10 million years, you have to identify what are all the possible um, growth channels that we can tap into. And most importantly, which of these is going to be scalable? 
I think it's important here to really uh, lay out the difference between a craftsman and uh, a construction business owner, because I, I get so much hate for this on on social media about how they've been in business for 30 years and they've only worked off referrals and so on and so on. And so if you're a craftsman and I define craftsman as someone kind of like you said, who, you know, maybe they work by themselves, maybe they have a helper or two, but the owner is the one doing the work for the most part, uh, swinging the hammer. Right. And they've, and that's all they want to do. They're not trying to build a multi-million dollar business. They're not trying to have multiple crews. They're just trying to produce a, a decent living for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, and maybe they're doing, maybe they're building homes, maybe they're doing remodels, but they're only doing, you know, between like six and 12 jobs a year. Mm-hmm. Like that's all their capacity is. Well, if you only need to do six to 12 jobs a year, you don't need a ton of leads. You don't need a ton of referrals to be able to produce that. And so those people mm-hmm. always want to comment and say, you know, you know, all I, all you gotta do is referrals and blah, blah, blah. That's great. If that's what you want to do, you can do that. And every time, if you really dive into a lot of the, these people that are giving me flack, there's always like, it's, it's always something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Or they had some kind of connection where they, they kind of fell into a, a, a lucky connection with a certain industry or partner who just feeds them all kinds of leads all the time. Yeah. Right. They've kind of cornered their market like in one specific little niche. And again, those are all okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But if you're trying to scale your business and you're trying to get off the tools and you're trying to hire people, either subs or employees to and have multiple crews and you're wanting to do more than just be a one-man show, like Stefan said, you can't scale that. It's not reliable. And so every time someone gives me pushback on that, I say, okay, go out there today or tomorrow and get 10 referrals. Mm-hmm. Go do that. Go, go do that. Go produce 10 referrals for me. Right. And they can't ever do that. Right. Right. Because it's completely dependent upon someone else. And so why would you put your entire business existence in other people's hands that you have no control over? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And what happens too, when that one source, something got back to them that may not have ever occurred but it soured that relationship and you don't even know. You're just noticing that the leads are rolling in less and less frequently. When you look at growth and you look at growth channels, referrals are a huge channel for growth. The more referrals that we can get, the better, for sure. Partnerships is another one. Establishing partnerships with your local uh, real estate agents, for example, people that are are not quite uh, past customers or direct referrals, but there's some sort of partnership that's established there. They're gonna pass you customers, you're gonna take care of them, everybody wins. SEO, paid ads, lead purchasing to some extent. Every single one of these things has their own blue ocean, this right combination that's going to usually work for you. And it's a matter of setting all of that up to insulate yourself from the risk of this one channel has soured on me. Now what do I do? I've been trying to grow. I've brought on four workers. I don't have work for them. Even going beyond your own, like, hey, I'm not staying busy. I have a a cash flow problem. Now, how do I communicate this to the guys? <laughs> you know, these are these are very real problems that happen every day. And the risk can be mitigated if you're establishing more of these growth channels and, and opportunities that are out there. Hey, just a quick timeout from the show. 
In the next 30 seconds, I'm gonna tell you exactly how you can transform your contracting business. Imagine being part of a community of winners where you can find out exactly what they've done to be successful. That's exactly what you get when you join the Profit Club. But it's not just a community. You get lifetime access to all of my course-related material, including all future material that I add. But wait, there's more. Each week, you'll get access to three group coaching calls to talk about sales, marketing, and business problems and answer any questions that you may have. Still not convinced? How about personalized one-on-one coaching to help you overcome your limits? And here's my promise to you. I guarantee you will double your investment within 90 days or I personally will work with you one-on-one until you do. So don't wait. Elevate your game with The Profit Club today. Now let's get back to the show. Digital marketing is, is a phenomenal lever because it's a little bit of work on like the paid ad side of things. There's some qualifying, there's some A-B testing, there's getting an ad to work, getting a landing page to work, refining what our definition of quality is, but it's something that's scalable. You get to a point where you know for every $150 you spend, there's going to be a quality lead that you can pick up the phone, sell them on an on-site consultation and get out there and have a high likelihood of sale. It's a no-brainer. I need 10 leads this month because I have an 80% closing ratio and I actually need eight customers. Great. That's how much money we're going to throw in it becomes something that can be dependable. But guess what? Something happens. We have um, Zuckerberg you know, answering to Congress and something happens with the ad channel. It gets shut down temporarily. You have Google backed up. You have your SEO. You have your referrals. You have your partnerships that are going to help you weather that storm. It's imperative to growth and, um, and insulating yourself from that risk ultimately. Yeah, I call that like an uh, omnipresence right? Mm-hmm. Where you're not just dominating on your website. You're not just dominating on Google. You're not just dominating on Facebook or whatever. It's like you have 15 different channels yeah. to generate leads for your business. And so if any one of those two or three fizzle out or, you know, algorithms change or it stops performing, you can rely on the other channels to, to continually bring in uh, new leads for you. You said a word, you said blue ocean, Uh, opportunities. And I don't know if people know exactly what that means. Obviously it's from a a book or it's a term that's used to just mean lots of opportunity, right? Whenever I started my first website, uh, nobody had a website, like literally nobody had a website and I ended up building it myself. I think, and don't quote me on this. No, actually I take it back. It was before that. Uh, I, I just had a, it was like a template of some generic, and this is 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is, this was a little, little bit ago. Uh, it was a very, very generic website template, but it was better than nothing. Yeah. And so I, I, I kind of subscribe to this bad, good, great methodology, mm-hmm. which is it's better to have a bad website than none at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's better to have a magnet on your truck than not have anything. And then as you can upgrade and go from bad to good to great, that's the natural progression that you want to try and go on. Do you, uh, would you agree with that? Or do you think differently of that? No, hundred percent. I mean, when we were growing our construction company, we had lettered vehicles out there and this was maybe 2015, 2016. We had magnets. We had the vehicles just had the most minimalist, logo and phone number. I mean, it was way too small. Like realistically, the only people that are going to see it is when you're parked in traffic and they're right next to you, (laughs) you know, but we still got 
several calls per month. And we still had people saying, hey, I see you guys all over town. We don't do work in your area, but you've probably seen us drive through. You've seen one vehicle drive through, but we were on a job site that month. So you saw us drive through multiple times. It gives you, it gives you the, the brand awareness that you're looking for. Um, and it, it does, it helps, it helps you pull in leads. And over time, like you said, it gets better because pretty soon you've got a professionally wrapped vehicle where people can spot you from a mile away. Um, and they're not just dependent on being parked next to you in traffic. They can actually recognize and see you as you're driving down the road. That natural progression is, is great. And it kind of goes back to like, you know, perfect being the enemy of good enough, you know, in, in some of these cases, let's get something out there and let's iterate on, on it over time. Let's, let's allow it to get better and better and go through the natural evolution there. But let's start with something. I remember now what I was going to say, um, you were talking about having everything on one channel. I don't know if you listened to my, my podcast with, uh, Brian will, it was, uh, if you guys are listening to this, it was number 148, just, uh, two podcasts ago. He was a landscaper, very successful, like eight figure landscaper, but 90, 80, 90% of his business came from one developer who was building apartments. And overnight, the guy who was in charge of that, the construction manager was replaced. And that construction manager happened to have a son who owned a landscaping company. Who do you think got replaced immediately as their, you know, number one landscaping company? And and he was telling me overnight, he basically went out of business because he lost 80% of his work overnight. So, I mean, that's, that's just a testament to, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. I mean, you got, you got to have this multiple fingers, if you will, out there. And, and you, and what you said on the, on the vehicle wraps is, is a hundred percent accurate. The first, I think it was three or four years. I don't remember. I had a, I had a, a truck that was just had a, it wasn't a, a magnet, but it was like just the decals on the door, like just mm-hmm. the size of a driver's door. And so it looked okay, mm-hmm. but you couldn't see it unless you were standing, you know, six feet away from it. Right. And for like the first two or three years, no one ever called. Mm-hmm. I, I never had a single person say, I saw your truck. I saw your mm-hmm. truck. And that truck got totaled. And so I was forced to buy a new truck. And it was a complete coincidence or maybe divine intervention, however you want to say it. But I was looking for a used vehicle. And the only thing I could find was a black truck. Mm-hmm. And my logos and stuff were white. And, you know, I knew about this new technology called wrapping your truck. And so I talked to somebody I knew that owned a sign company and he's like, yeah, we can wrap the truck in white and we'll make it look like it's a white truck and then have your logo and everything else on there. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And I remember, <laughs> I still remember this, the day I picked it up and I drove off the lot, like I was nervous mm-hmm. because it's like, well, this is real now. Like, yeah. This is. People are, there's no way people are not going to see my truck. Like this yeah. is, this is going to generate leads. And sure enough, it did. Yeah. I started getting phone calls. I started getting people telling me, I see your trucks everywhere. You know, like you said, plural trucks. It was just one truck. Yeah. Like I, I had that experience. And so I know it works, you know, two to three years of very minimal stickers, no phone call, full wrap, you know, uh, the, the business name down the whole side of the truck. I mean, it's in your face. You can't miss it. Phone started ringing. And so you have to, you know, the reason I'm telling that story is because you, you have to go all in on your business. And, and this includes all channels that are available. And, and I, it, this is something that frustrates me is that a lot of guys want to play small. 
they want to play small in their business and they have some, they have some really dumb reasons why. And I, I talked to a contractor one time and he's like, well, I don't want to wrap my truck. And I said, why? He said, well, because I have road rage mm -hmm. and I drive pretty aggressively and I don't want my company to have a bad image, you know? So if I put my, if I wrap my truck and I'm like cutting people off, you know, it's going to have a bad image. And, and it just blew my mind that the, the mindset was, I don't want to have a successful business. It's way more important for me to be able to have road rage. Right. It's more important for me to not be responsible for my actions. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but this, this applies to everything. You go to their Facebook page, their mm -hmm. personal Facebook group or their first, their personal Facebook page and their profile pic is them like, you know, chugging a beer or flicking off the camera or yeah. some other stupid careless things. And I'm telling you guys, if you don't think that your potential clients are not social proofing you, they a hundred percent are. So speak to that a little bit about social proofing and, and kind of what that entails and how important is that? Yeah. I mean, let me, let me start with the story real quick. My, my very first experience in construction, I was hired as a, as an office manager at a tile company in 2013 and I started, whoever was in that position before me quit, walked out, no notice. So I'm just there day, day one trying to figure out what's even going on. Phone rings. I have a lady and she sounds scared on the phone. And she's explaining to me very politely so as not to incite what's happening behind her. But we have a tile setter out there, apparently, that was brand new. We had thrown out onto a job and he had a real, he was real hot headed. So he's in the bathroom throwing tiles, putting holes in the wall just a disaster. And those, those kinds of like conversations that are experiences that somebody has, that's an experience that they have when they're looking for the next contractor, they want to make sure they're not getting hothead in their bathroom again. Not only that, but they're going to share that conversation with their friends, their family, because it's something interesting to talk about. So suddenly not only did she have a bad experience, but by extension, everybody she knows has also had that experience because that's just how it goes. So now you have everybody that's hyper aware of this absolute horror story that's very, very infrequently is something like that going to happen, but it's still top of people's mind. It's, there's a lot of concern. Letting somebody into your castle to work on your home, you have to be able to trust them. And it's never been easier to go online and check reviews for a company, find somebody's social profile, and then from there, dive in and see, like even political views, even anything that, that could incite somebody needs to be considered before you post it because you are representing your company while you're out there. It's one thing to read reviews. Okay, great. They have a five-star reputation, but I go onto somebody's social profile and I find something I don't agree with gone, or I find something that I find offensive gone. It could be the profile for the company. It could be a profile for somebody personable, and maybe we're overflowed with leads and we don't care. We only want certain people doing certain things or whatever. But at the end of the day, the company's growth is the, the primary concern, more revenue that's coming in. And we are going to jeopardize that if we're not careful with our online image. And it's just as important, like you're saying, to have that on the company level as much as it is the person, personable level. So you reminded me of a personal experience. I had exactly what you said. And I had a mutual friend, a friend of mine had a Facebook page and it was during an election year. Mm -hmm. And my friend commented something. And so mm -hmm. I just kind of was, you know, interacting with the, the post him and I had a similar viewpoint. He had a mutual friend who had an opposing viewpoint. 
Mm-hmm. And so there were just some statements made on this post, not nothing like egregious or over the right. top. It was just like opposing views about something. And so the next thing I know, I get a notification and it says, someone just left you a, a review on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I go look and it's this gentleman who I've never met before, who have never done work before, leaving me a one-star review on my Facebook page because of something I said on a friend's Facebook post. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality. I mean, that's that's the horror of social media is anybody can say anything that they want. And to the unsuspecting person that is reading that has no bias whatsoever, has no idea what happened or hasn't happened. I mean, they're they're left to interpret that how they're they're going to interpret it. The good thing about that, I will say about this is that most people can see through like bogus comments mm-hmm. and bogus, you know, reviews and things like that. But it's also very important for you as the owner to make sure you're always replying to every single review, good and bad. Yeah. Uh, and just one little tip, and maybe you can comment, but like if someone leaves you a bad review, if it's a if it's a legitimate review, like you did something bad, you need to own that. And mm-hmm. you need to like say, so, so basically you're saying, so sorry, we dropped the ball, we're gonna make it right. Yeah. Not not attack them in social media. Do you have any tips on that by chance? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's probably the worst way you could go about responding to a negative review is getting hyper defensive or aggressive. I mean, ultimately that review, yes, it's a reflection on you, but that review is going to translate to whether or not somebody that's on the fence about contacting your company is going to contact you or not. So you are writing a response, not for the person that left the review, you are writing a response for potential prospects that are investigating your company. So owning up to it, not making excuses and stressing that you want to make it right. So sorry this happened. We completely let X, Y, and Z slip. I'm the owner. I want to take care of you. Give me a call. We'll get this this straightened out. That's going to be a hundred a hundred out of a hundred times a better response. It's going to still translate to people wanting to contact you uh, compared to something that's overly aggressive or making excuses. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you have to take a knee and you have to you have to consider how this is going to translate to outside parties. Yeah, and I would even add a, a, an extra line to those reviews that basically says, you know, because this has been brought to our attention, we've put policies and procedures in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's it's you telling the world that you can learn from your mistakes and you're going to yes. make sure you don't make that mistake again. Exactly. Um, as opposed to, well, we called you five times and you never answered and we showed up and you weren't there. So we're not going to waste our time with you. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Seen that. Heard those. Read those. <laughs> yeah. Let me um let me get back to something you were talking about with the the vehicle wraps. Something I want to touch on there. So the vehicle wraps as we see them driving down the street now, where it's like the whole vehicle is wrapped. You have an image in there. It's easy to remember. All of these positive things about the brand that's happening there is relatively new. Go back five years previous. It's more like your truck you're talking about, where it's a lot. It's a lot more conservative, if you will, in that it's maybe a logo and a phone number, and it's not demanding your attention, right? That is a perfect example um, as to where websites are at and where contractors are at with their digital marketing. So basically, when I'm talking to people about building a website, there's two different types of websites. There's an online brochure, and then there's a website that's designed to actually generate leads and convert them to prospects, right? So what does that look like? An online brochure is where you go out, 
and you quickly list your services. Maybe it's one page long. You scroll down, you can see a little bit of everything. You have a quick introduction to the team or something like that. Um, but maybe it's a single page. We threw it up on, on you know, Wix or something overnight, and it's good enough. You know, anybody that is going to contact us, we can send them this, this website and show them that we have an online presence. That is a completely different thing than building a website. And this goes for paid ads too, um, but building a website that's designed to rank, designed where each individual service page is focusing on a transactional keyword and hot competition. And the blogs are focused on informational keywords that lead to those transactional keywords, right? In the software realm, which I am just now stepping out of, I've been in there for five years. I came from a bootstrap company where in the software world, that's where all the VCs are right now. They are just slinging tens of millions of dollars at each other, just trying to take each other's market cap, right? And uh, there are so many techniques that have been thought out and refined to the last possible consideration. You know this, we talked about uh, contact form speed the other day. <laughs> um, what, what I see right now for the construction industry is a huge opportunity to be one of the first contractors that are leveraging what's been learned in other industries, establishing it as part of your foundation, because it will be just like the reps five years from now, People are going to have a lot more advanced websites. They're going to have websites that are designed to rank and not necessarily just be online brochures. If we can be one of the first, then we can maintain that dominance a lot longer. If we're one of the people that are, are tuning in and realizing that five years from now, that is a very tough uphill battle. And it's an expensive battle, too, because it goes into not just your investment in terms of like monetary, but your investment in time, too, and content creation and all of that. And that goes for that goes for paid ads too. I mean, I, I talk with a lot of people that I've I've used an agency, I've run ads before, it didn't do anything for me. Well, yeah, I took a look here, and what you're doing is you're boosting posts or you're pushing for the absolute worst quality so that your agency can say, Well, you gave me a hundred dollars and I turned that into 15 leads from you. If all 15 leads are garbage, who does that help? Nobody. It, it's it's more of a time suck for you to be contacting and following up with all 15 of those. Now, there is a strategy in place where you start quantity and you narrow into quality. But my point is, is there are more advanced ways of going about digital marketing, borrowing from other industries to allow you to establish a strong foundation to become number one and to stay number one. And I think those that are willing to take that on now are going to find significantly more longevity and reduced risk ultimately over time in being able to grow their business. You said a lot of super valuable stuff in there. And I, I just want to touch on one kind of overarching theme there. And that is there, it's, it's still a huge land grab. There's still tons and tons of land available in the digital real estate world for contractors with their websites and other things that are out there. And when you're the first to the market, when you're the first, you know, in that, uh, in that land grab, you hold most of the cards, right? You hold most of the leverage and everybody else is just trying to keep up case in point. Uh, I have not been operating my construction business for the last two years. When I left my Google reviews, I, I think some of them dropped off. I think that's something that's happening now, but last time I checked, I had 119 
Google reviews for my construction business. In the last two years, none of my competitors have actually caught up to me. Like yep. th they've had two years to do that and they, they're not mm -hmm. taking advantage of that. So, you know, it's just when you're the first to something, you, one, you become the authority, right? You become the expert. When you're educating, you become the expert. Like you were talking about with the, the EAT uh, acronym, you want to be the expert, right? You want to be the authority figure and you want to be trustworthy. And that's what people are looking for. So with all of your marketing, you need to make sure that you're focused towards, you know, that for your customer, like you want to be customer facing with all of the different channels that you're posting on. You know, one of the, one of the things I've had success with was being on TikTok earlier on. And so I've built a huge following on there more so than a lot of the other coaches that are out there and they're mm -hmm. trying to catch up. Right. But even, even though I've slowed growth and I have a little bit of growth, they can't even come close to where I'm at because, and it was all because of early uh, uh, adaptation of getting on that platform and producing content. That's the only reason. It's not because my content's so much better. It's because I was just the first one there. It's that, and that it's the same with websites. Yeah. yeah. First mover advantage. And, and we're talking a lot about lead acquisition because that's where a lot of people are right now. I mean, we're in the contracting world, one job, starts then it ends and we're on to the next right so usually we're only a couple months out a couple weeks out sometimes we're, we're fortunate enough to be a couple years out with work or whatever um but more than that establishing a strong brand presence especially through reviews allows you to break into a different tier customer when we first started um we started as a, uh, a tile service company doing regroutes, basic tile installation work, et cetera. We didn't know what to price. So what do we do? We went to HomeWise. <laughs> HomeWise.com, what should we charge for installing a floor? $6 a square foot, got it. And that just about ran us out of business because we were looking at the lowest possible denominator. How can we be competitive against Chuck in the truck? Well, guess what? Okay. Chuck in the truck doesn't have overhead. He's not gonna pay for somebody to answer the phones. So sometimes you gotta play a little bit you have to establish your reviews, but once you have solid reviews, you have a solid presence, you've, you've worked a, a solid name for yourself, it's so much easier to start justifying three, four, or five times what you were originally charging. It's, it's so much easier because people recognize that that quality is there, and this, this higher tier customer that you start to break into recognizes that you get what you pay for ultimately. That's a great note to, to kind of wrap this up on. I always like to ask uh, a couple things here. How can people get a hold of you, Stefan? They want to find out about yours. I mean, we're going to put links in the show notes, but what's a good way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, website is impactdigitalco.com. On there is a contact form. There's an email. There's a phone number. Um, whatever, whatever method of communication you prefer, feel free to reach out. And I'll just add this, Stefan, like I said before, has done lots of websites and, and uh, ad advertising management for a lot of Profit Club members. I don't even know. Do you know off real quick how many total? Six for seven, eight? I think we're up to 11 or 12 now. Oh, see, so yeah, you're just, I mean, just taking them all. <laughs> and there's probably <laughs> a good reason why that is because he gets excellent results. So if you're looking for a website, if you're looking for some SEO or even some advertisement management, definitely look, you know, check out Stefan and Impact Digital. They will take care of you. They have my full endorsement. Uh, one last question for you before I let you go. Uh, what's a book that you're currently reading or one that you recommend? Yeah, um, 
Uh, book I'm I'm currently reading is uh, uh, the subtle art of not giving a an F. I don't know how censored we have to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The subtle um, art of not uh, giving an F. Giving a fluff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a beeper here. I could just beep you out, but we'll just leave it at that. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stefan, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So guys, you know where to uh, find me on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, just search for the Hammer and Grind podcast. We'll put uh, links in the show notes to uh, reach out to Stefan. And guys, remember, until next time, profit is not a dirty word. <laughs>